All right, Matt. Uh, if we were in a band together, who would be the lead singer and why? Do you think either one of us would be the lead singer? That's the correct answer. I don't think either of yeah. us would. <laughs> I think I could do, I mean, I don't know how to play an instrument, but I think I'd be a bass player. I, mean, I was going to say I was going to be a bass player too because I don't know how to play a musical instrument. But I think I could play a bass. Kind of. Oh, I was just thinking I have the personality of a bass player. Just. Yeah, rarely do, does the bass player uh, actually lead sing songs. Yeah, just sit in the back and do a thing. Uh, I see you as a drummer. I have the worst tempo. I thought it was like a personality trait. Uh, personality. I have a bad back too, so I think the drumming would be a problem. I think you have to be kind of like durable. The drummer's the durable aspect. Like his body, I feel like takes the biggest uh, pounding, whatever. Just sitting in that chair all the time. In the recording booths. Yeah, I guess you get to sit down, but banging, banging away at stuff. His sciatic nerve is always an issue. The band's like, we get it, yeah. <laughs> Don't wear a wallet. Uh. <laughs> hmm. Well, the reason why we're talking about who we'd be in a band is we just read a book about a band. And this episode, we're just going to be talking about Utopia Avenue. Uh, I'm Peter, joined as always by Matt. Utopia Avenue by David Mitchell. Uh, his eighth full-length novel. He has one other novel I was seeing that's listed as a novel. It's a novella that he wrote like a couple of years ago. But You're not counting Slate House? I'm counting Slate House. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one was like part of a project. It's only 90 pages. I'd never even heard of it. Anyway, oh, yeah. So David Mitchell, one of our favorite authors. Um, Utopia Avenue. We both finished it this week. Uh, give me your general overall feelings about the book, and then we'll kind of go into more depth about certain things. I liked it. Okay. I liked it a lot. I thought it was well put together, uh, well structured story, it sucked me in. Um, it seemed, I hesitate to say, you know, like a plausible rendering of the London music scene. Yeah, because I don't know what's plausible or not in the music scene or in the '60s London or anything. But I guess it was a fascinating portrayal of that time period. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I was drawn to so just an overview of the book. Uh, the general story is for uh, musicians, but really the book tells its story through three narrators: Elf, Dean, and Jasper. Um, and then the drummer Griffin is just sort of kind of, he's, I wouldn't say he's a main character really. I mean, he's technically, you know, for some reason I thought he was going to like die because he wasn't like listed as like a, a one of the characters. Yeah, he didn't have a point of view. Um, so there's these uh, four bandmates. They start a band called Utopia Avenue in London in like 1967. Um their manager is Levon um, Franklin. Franklin yeah. yeah. And who's actually a pretty good guy. He's he, mm -hmm. 
normally I would think that the manager would be kind of like stealing from the band or whatever, but um, he's a good guy. They kind of start out, you know, it's kind of a strange coming together, I guess, but uh, the three main uh, story arcs, Elf, Dean, and Jasper, they all write or are kind of like writers of songs. So they each have their own individual songs that they've kind of, uh, born to fruition um, and the band kind of in the book follows the band's journey through you know initial tourings to the later parts of the novel where they're meeting real famous people so the book yeah. kind of you know they will they come across Leonard Cohen Jerry Garcia um, David Bowie before he was famous all yeah these- Brian Jones from Rolling Stone yeah so all these from obscure, you know, bar band in London and then kind of rise to the ranks to become kind of yeah. a so, and, borderline super famous. Yeah. Uh, so, it, and I kind of worried, like, would we have to know before this book came out, would we have to know a lot of insider knowledge about these people and all that kind of stuff? You don't really. Um, yeah. I think they're famous enough and he kind of, he tells you what, you know, if you have no idea who what, like bands are from the sixties, I guess maybe you wouldn't understand this, but if you have a general knowledge about bands, heard of the Beatles and the yeah, Rock. if you've heard like, of, he'll be fine. Yeah. He'll be fine. It's not like, yeah, you don't need, I think some of the stuff like um, they meet at some point, a, uh, like a early on a British um, kind of like presenter Mm-hmm. Jimmy Savile. Yeah, yeah, that's a real guy. He's a real guy, and he is a really bad guy who is yeah. like a predatory guy, and he, you know, yeah, he got in trouble for like, yeah. yeah, underage. But and the book kind of makes reference to that. at one point. I think a character sort of referenced that offhand, and yeah. so that was sort of like if you didn't know that, maybe you wouldn't catch that aspect of it. So I don't know if there's more little things like that in the book where you know quirks about certain characters are or played up or kind of reference, but it's, it's overall not like an integral part of enjoying the book. I would say it's fun. Yeah, it's, it's just uh, kind of fun to see these characters, I guess. Yeah, exactly. It's like a treat. It's not a detriment. Like, yeah. They're like, yeah. Really well versed. Like for me, I found it fascinating because I don't know much about the London scene. Like I know yeah. about the Beatles and everybody coming over here and being on Ed Sullivan. And I kind of know the bigger personalities, but, um, yeah, I didn't know much about how the music industry works, about London in the 60s. It's pretty fascinating. I like yeah, it. And it's, it's, it flows pretty well. From it, mm-hmm. I kind of thought he did a – the band sort of they – they have, like, issues or whatever, and there's some dabbling in drugs, but it's never, like, a huge, like, hindrance or, like, a huge – it never really becomes a huge plot point. You know what I mean? Like – there's never a point where like the band is not talking, you know what I mean? Like sort of the cliche of a band in the sixties is drug. They might break up. Yeah. I mean, there's, I would say the character Dean, who's the bassist, who is us, I guess. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, It's sort of the most typical of a person in, in the, in the, um, of a 60s band i guess he sort of may may have a child from a love affair he's you know 
having affairs with married women. He dabbles in drugs. He's sort of like the the typical guy, but I don't know. He's flushed out enough. Um, by the way, we should let people know there's probably we're gonna do spoilers in this. So if you haven't read the book, spoilers. Yeah, yeah, there's there's one thing that's like pretty. A big spoiler big one at the end which yeah. i guess we can kind of dance around yeah but everything else kind of yeah um but dean is sort of your typical i don't know rocker i guess in in some sense but he's he's not a i wouldn't say he's a malicious terrible guy he has his faults no uh, and he actually has a his arc i, I appreciated his arc yeah um, so you with the three elf uh Dean and Jasper, uh, Elf being the only woman in the band, you get backstory and you get you, you kind of get introduced to important people in their lives. Um, with Elf, it's their family and her sisters, um, which are I, I thought pretty uh, affecting and, and kind mm-hmm. of drew out more emotion than I was expecting. Especially yeah. um, spoiler at one point, uh, Elf's um, yeah. Uh, her sister, you, I guess, nephew, baby, yeah. um, baby died. Dies, and you know, sudden, and it's very, yeah. I was kind of like, oh crap, kind of got a little like off, off, um, caught off guard there. But um, with Dean, it's his father, um, and sort of his like hanger on friends, I guess. And his father is sort of a, a bad a guy, I guess. I guess his father, yeah, yeah. Um, Jasper's a little bit more confusing, a little bit more of an eccentric character. Yeah. You agree? Yeah, Jasper's the tie-in to the kind of David Mitchell universe. Yeah, so if you haven't read David Mitchell before, he ties pretty much all of his books together through, I would say, more recently, overtly. Would you agree? Yeah. yeah. Like, um, the Recurring whole, characters and... Uh, and it's not so much recurring characters as like the soul of, you know, like there's a sort of a mythology now. Um, yeah. Which is what puts a lot of like the kind of the bad reviews that mm-hmm. this one and Bone Clocks got where people were like serious literary people kind of put off by. Yeah. It's a supernatural kind of mythology. Yeah, it's um, and we'll get to that a little bit. I want to get to that a little bit later, but Jasper, he is probably the most technically gifted of everyone in the band, just a brilliant guitar player. But he has um, he's had some mental kind of demons that he's fought through his entire life. You kind of go back through his childhood. Um, I would just it's in the book it's referred to, to as the knock 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 sort of like a knocking on his brain um and that kind of develops um throughout the novel and kind of there's a key element that ties it all together with the rest of the the kind of mythology of david mitchell books because it, it's a weird thing because i saw a review like this book is on two different planes so mm-hmm. it's like the rock stuff and the band and then touring and all that stuff and then the jasper uh dezu so it's pretty obvious you know jasper dezu must have some relation to a character in a previous david mitchell novel um the thousand autumns of jacob dezu 
um, and you kind of out near the end, you kind of understand um, the connection there. Um, but I don't know where I was going, but we'll get to Jasper yeah, later. Jasper's kind of a, I guess you would say he's personality wise. He's on the spectrum. Yeah. Somewhere he has trouble reading people. So. Yeah. So he, yeah, he can't, really take um cues very well about if people are i don't know just kind of basic social cues i guess but yeah are people uh, joking are they yeah are they smiles yeah but it's done it's done really well i kind of like how <laughs> uh mitchell wrote it because you're in each character has their own perspective and you're kind of in their heads mm -hmm. depending on which chapter it is and i thought the the jasper ones were pretty well done yeah he yeah he is i would say each of them are are um interesting people to be around i guess um and they're varied in a sense um that you kind of i personally like going between uh the characters through the the time period and he also does this thing in a lot of the book is uh there's, there's no like time jumping, I guess you would say there's, you know, it's a pretty linear story, but what will happen is he'll reference something that's happened in the, in like the near future, I guess, like a, a thing that will happen. And then he'll kind of explain backwards how that came to be, I guess. Does that make yeah. sense? Like, yeah. It's almost like flashbacks, like in a TV show. If you're, yeah. You'll start somewhere at a party and then the next little paragraph break will take you back and it'll work up to where yeah so he got to where the incident happened he is david mitchell is doing some sort of he, he i don't think he'll ever write just like a straightforward you know plot and, and stuff so he does tweak a little bit but it's not it's it's pretty minor as far as a yeah um, i don't it, think it's confusing and and it no. other writers do it too so it's not yeah it doesn't come across as gimmicky no it's, yeah i thought it was a good way to tell this a particular story yeah um another thing is which is notoriously difficult to do is writing about music um like how do you convey music i guess you know in an interesting way and i think he does it pretty well um yeah, i was gonna ask you what do you think did, did you enjoy those scenes like the concert scenes or the um they weren't my favorite so, some of them were actually fairly good i thought um i could kind of get I don't know. I kind of, I made up my own in my head what the songs I don't know, sounded like or whatever. I guess it, it's, Me too. I never really got too in depth into caring about what certain songs um, sound. I don't know. It. I thought the concert scenes were pretty well done. Mm -hmm. um, kind of, it's just a hard thing to describe for a person. Mm -hmm. um, and I think he does it pretty pretty good with yeah. a lot of energy and um kind of plays off of the dynamics of the characters so the concert at the end in san francisco yeah the music festival i thought it was really well done or evocative of that kind of atmosphere mm -hmm. and i'm like you i didn't understand like all the musical note he'll like you know and then Jasper strung and hit A, B, G, the notes and stuff. Like, I didn't know what that meant, but it kept it moving and it didn't get caught up in all the minutia. Yeah, it, it never got too technical. I feel yeah. like it was, um, 
And it, 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 it was in depth enough for, I think, a person who plays music to find it interesting. But someone who doesn't play music, but, you know, pretty much everyone likes to listen to music. Um, I thought it's, it's good, too, so. Yeah. I like it. Do you think he has the music fleshed out, like, knows what it sounds like? and? I think you'd claim he did, or I don't know. Okay. Well, yeah, how would you? Yeah, because the, the things is the band is, you know, the collection of three songwriters, and they all have a very alpha sort of from the folk scene of uh, the 60s, um, and then Dean and Jasper sort of, I don't even know, they're more rock and, I don't know, playing yeah. It's kind of spaced out stuff. It's kind of how I took it, or jams, or you know, I don't know, rock. Yeah, music. It kind of makes the Grateful Dead and Hendrix and yeah. So just sort of stuff. Uh, yeah. It was, honest, I don't know if I'd like this band. It being all over the place. <laughs> here's the thing. I think I would. I, you would. Yeah. I think um, I like Elf. Uh, as sort of, I was like solo stuff. Yeah, well, it part of the book, and we were kind of talking about this earlier. Is Elf has a boyfriend named Bruce who? Yeah, he's terrible. In the in the beginning of the book, she they break up or he leaves her, um, and they were like this uh, kind of folk duo or whatever, and he was sort of the domineering one. He leaves, she gets famous, then he comes back trying to uh, kind of write her. She, she takes him back, and you know she shouldn't. Yeah. Um, such a shit but she does um and then, yeah he and he kind of shows himself to be yeah it's like the uh the what the legend of yoko ono is to the beatles he was kind of like that sitting oh, i didn't even think about that yeah being offering suggestions when he's not in the band nobody in the band likes him yeah they all know he's no good for and uh, there's a satisfying resolution with him though yeah he's not um He's kind of, yeah, just kind of, you, you know that she won't end up with him or yeah, but he, he kind of provides a um, conflict, I guess, in the novel. Um, any other thoughts, kind of anything that I missed that you kind of caught or enjoyed or wanted to comment on? No, I have a list of some characters I recognize that uh, from the other books. Okay. So do you want to, let's go into how this connects. And that's, this is kind of, we'll get into spoiler. Stuff, so that's Wesley. Yeah. Exactly. A, uh, he's, he's excited. About so there, are, there were more connections in this than I was thinking there was going to be, to be honest with you. Yeah. And, the, and I, you know more about sort of the connections. I sort of miss them sometimes or whatever, but um, like one, I just read, the manager is in Bone Clocks, correct? Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I didn't notice that. I read that in a review. I was like, oh, I must have missed him. Yeah, I, did, I didn't um, catch that. I, tried to fl I flipped through my copy of the Bone Clocks to see if I could uh, see him, but I didn't. Um, so, let's see here. The big one, uh, Jasper Dezu is... His great 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 grandfather is yeah. Jacob Dizu. Um, another character is Elf falls in love with a journalist. Um, did you have her? What's I can't, I didn't write her name. Well, down. She's not on my, yeah, Louisa Ray. Louisa Ray, um, the third, 
the chapter in Cloud Atlas. Mm-hmm. Who yeah. is in the movie is played by Halle Berry. Halle Berry. So if you're wondering if you're trying to put a, a face to that character, that's the Halle Berry character. Um, and that was actually pretty, I don't know, good. I don't know. I like that connection in the book. Yeah. That like yeah. little kind of branch storyline between her those two. Yeah. Um, who are some other um, characters that you... Well, I think the the Mongolian yeah. Jasper's head, I'm pretty sure that is whatever spirit compels the uh, through ghost written. Yeah, I was I was wondering that because I remember there's a Mongolia section. I think it starts on a train in Mongolia and yeah. then ghost written is the spirit passes passes off from character to character and it's like nine or whatever chapters yeah I, unless i misread it i'm pretty sure the mongolian oh yeah i i kind of i got that too because he he makes multiple references like jasper um called the, the mongolian i guess in, in his head helps him when he's a teenager sort of uh, control this um what we find out to be a like a spirit a, a kind of like a demon um who mm-hmm. is that demon is actually the soul of a character from the thousand autumns of jacob de Zote. the bad guy is the bad the bad guy who is great 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 grandfather exposes um kind of the he's like what is he doing with he's doing something really demented and stealing like using the bodies of babies as yeah so i guess the the we go into it now. The uh, the the kind of Mitchell, the mythology he's worked out. Yeah, is there is in the in the story, and I think he does it well. A lot of serious literary people don't like kind of this part of his work. Yeah, but it's it's essentially uh, there's a certain cohort of people, mm-hmm. and this abbot in Japan is one of them who figured out a way to remain immortal in your human body by kind of drinking ceremonial the distilled essence of uh infants babies um which you know which and i think it raises the question like the moral quandary of like immortality is possible but you have to do pretty much the most evil thing you can think of in order to attain it and this abbot who's kind of knocking around in Jasper's head does it. There was a, a pretty significant plot plot point in the bone clocks where there's one group of kind of like good guys who oppose people who do this. And then another faction of immortal people who ceremonial ceremonial seek out infants to yep. devour and remain immortal. Yeah, so there's kind of a good versus evil going on in, throughout these yeah. novels. Um, yeah, so at one point, it looks like Jasper's going to start having, like, pretty much get taken over by this this kind of soul thing that's passed down uh, through four generations. And then the horology, or what exactly is the, they have a specific name. Um, They're like the good guys. Yeah, Marinus. Yeah. It's like a little Mission Impossible type group. Yeah, of- so they sort of arrive on the scene and kind of explain to him uh, what's going on. And you're on. kind of, 
you're kind of waiting for it. Like if you've read his other books, you're like, okay, this is gonna like this is Marinus is gonna show up. Yeah, um, there's a couple other characters, and they kind of they cure him, I guess, and and they put that uh, soul that was tormenting him into another body, right? Like a different. Yeah, body. yeah. So the, they don't go back. He doesn't go back into it. In the story, yeah. But. So, and and that's the connection now. I, I kind of enjoy those like that scene. I will say it was kind of if you've never read a previous David Mitchell, this would be really weird. Um, yeah, I was thinking about that. Uh, it would it would not really make sense. <laughs> yeah, it would be. I was wondering about that because like my brother in law is like a good guitar player and he's into the music scene. My father in law is like a big deadhead. Okay. So I was reading the the stuff about the London music scene. It's like I think they would uh, really yeah. like it. And yeah. then it's like, I don't know, how would you? Uh, <laughs> you know, you just give them a heads up. Be like, yeah, there's going to be some weird stuff. Just uh, and the book, with it. it doesn't end on that. Um, I think it'd be fine, but there's like twenty percent of it. They might just kind of be scratching their heads. Like, yeah, oh, it's kind of around. Yeah, it's the last hundred pages. It, um, don't really deal with it, but like. Pages, I don't know, for about a hundred. I was, I don't know how many pages, but it's, it's a little bit out of left field. If if you never, fine, but this the very end, the resolution of the Jasper storyline. Yeah, the resolution. Yeah. I think it'd be fine because it would deal with Jasper. Could be schizophrenic. His character, yeah. you could plausibly look at him and think, oh, he's just kind of mentally disturbed. Yeah. If. If you had not read the, the other books, yeah. Yeah, until the very end, and then the kind of uh, when Marinus and the horologists show up. Yeah. Um, oh, the Esther characters with Marinus is another one. Esther yeah. Little, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I. I, I don't think know, it's good. I don't know. Maybe I thought I thought about it. Like, I've been thinking about it because it is you know it's the it's the tie to his other novels. It's the connection. Um, and if he wants to have all of his books have this connected sort of horology, the soul transferring this sort of battle between good and evil, I'll, I'll, I'm fine with it. That, that's good. But I don't know. I'm back and forth if, if he pulled it off well enough. It's – I don't know. It, I think he did. I don't, but that I, don't, is, I don't have a problem with it per se. Um, I kind of makes me want to read more about Jasper or whatever. I just don't know what his end game is with this. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. Well, for, and for me, I'm kind of excited to find that out. Right. Yeah. Like I want, I'll read the next one to see how he mixes that in. And for me, the hesitancy comes from like recommending this one for somebody who's never read David Mitchell. I don't think it's most a, of it would be great. You know, hey, yeah. like it, except for that. It's like, eh. How are you going to deal with this one part? I don't think it's a good entry point, which is weird because for most of it, it is sort of a writing's good, story's good, but it, it, it's a kind of, it, there's conventional stuff. Like you can just, you don't have to read, there's no parts that are confusing except yeah. for this one aspect of the novel, which, I mean, if you were, I was trying to think, if you're just reading this, cold it would it would be really confusing <laughs> just a little problem maybe you get through it yeah um 
But I would recommend maybe just ghostwritten first and you get kind of an idea. Or The Thousand Autumns. I would say if you read, read that, I think if you'd only read one other, Thousand yep. Autumns would be... I would say the Thousand Autumns get. is the the pairing of this book. Is the yeah sister to... I mean, I guess Bone Clocks is the one that gets most in-depth into sort of this mythology of uh, souls and, and the and kind of the war that's going on. That's the one that kind of, I think, elevated this whole concept. Before, it was just sort of like characters and, and whatever. Um, but that one sort of brought it to the attention of, oh, there's a much bigger thing going on right now. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was kind of the thing where I was like, hmm. I think for fans, it's it's a good little thing into uh, understanding the bigger picture and universe of the David Mitchell books. But as sort of like a, if this is your first time, it would it's a little odd, I guess. I think you could pull it off and you'd be fine. But I think yeah, there'd just be a little yeah, it's a little twenty percent of it. Yeah. Like, Wait, what's going on? But um, don't let it put you off. Yeah, another character that I I was reading that's in that I didn't really realize is there's at one point there's a couple, um, and Dean kind of has a relationship with the wife and they have a child. Well, this yeah, back up a second. The couple want Utopia Avenue to start a movie, okay, so they're they're starting to gain popularity. Um, but this couple, the kind of um. I don't really. Are they movie producers? I don't, yeah, uh, so it's a movie director. Yeah. And his kind of movie star wife. And anyway, their son. Their son is a very minor character. Doesn't really have. But you, you they say his name a couple times, basically. Yeah, he he grows he, up to be a character in the Bone Clock. Yeah, an mm-hmm. author in. Uh, his, I, one of the more compelling, I thought, storylines in that book. Kind of yeah, like, I liked his. He grows up to become Crispin Hershey, which yeah. so this is an interest, interesting side note. So when the Blown Clocks came out, a, a lot of people noticed this, and I thought so too. There's a British author named Martin Amos. Yeah, who there's a lot of parallels with Crispin Hershey. Oh, really? Son of a famous Martin Amos's dad was is Kingsley Amos, who wrote Lucky Jim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Novel. Uh. Crispin Hershey's dad's a famous film director. Mm, okay. Um, Crispin Hershey was for a while when he was young, uh, the wild child of British letters. That was kind of Martin Amos's reputation when he was young. He gotcha. kind of looked like a bookish Mick Jagger kind of uh, wild well, reputation. Um, yeah. Crispin Hershey wrote a book called Desiccated Dead Embryos, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Fetuses. Martin Amos wrote a book called Dead Babies. <laughs> okay. There's lots of there's this lots is... of stuff and kind of the cranky person Crispin Hershey became later in life. In Bone Club. Yeah, where in, in Crispin Hershey was... tries to basically like gets a, a critic that doesn't like his work, like imprisoned. Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, yeah, not not like on purpose, but yeah, he yeah, yeah, of, kind of. He wants to get back at this guy for writing a bad review, and he accidentally sort of <laughs> sends him to yeah, 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 stuff like that. And yeah. It, um, um, but anyway, and so 
It's like, oh, I think it's kind of just loosely mm-hmm. based on Mar ish. And I read an interview, David Mitchell denied it. He's like, oh, no, no, no. It's his project, who, who I don't want to become kind of a cranky author. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, eh, dead babies. Like, it's pretty. Yeah, but it's then pretty. In this one, in this one, it's a, we see a very, like a toddler, Crispin Hershey, you know, yep. who goes into it. And Crispin Hershey's mom has an affair with the bass player. And then the mm-hmm. director, dad is around. But it turns out they have a second child, Crispin Hershey's brother. Do you remember Crispin Hershey's brother's name in this book? Uh Uh-uh. Comes up very briefly. Crispin Hershey's brother's name is Martin. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, there's no way. I I don't care what he said. There's no way. It's just a little, it's not even bad. I like Crispin Hershey, the character. I don't think it's an insult to Martin Amos. But yeah, come on. It seems a little. I think David Mitchell is a writer of... um, I think he has a very active imagination. And yeah. I think part of the reason why he does all this sort of tying stories together and souls and characters and all this stuff and sort of builds this world. And you can, there's websites where you can, they talk about different characters and how they show up. There's podcasts about this is I just, I don't think the kind of standard story fully satisfies his writing. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. he's going to do this. Um, and for the most part, it's great. And, you know, sometimes like, even when he like has missteps maybe, or, or I don't know, you're more, I don't think you, you would ever say he has missteps or, but like, you know, no, sometimes no, he's not perfect. I'm not like, yeah, but maybe some things don't work out. I think he's just at this point, he's, I think probably got some bigger picture. I would hope. Maybe not, you know, yeah. he's a, he yeah. writes quite a lot. I mean, he's written eight novels in 20 years or a little bit over 20 years. So, I mean, I think this is one of the bigger gaps he's ever had in his, I guess yeah. he's slowed down a little bit in the last 10 years. There's, I think, three books, The Thousand Autumns, Bone Clocks, and this one. Yeah. Uh, his first 10 years of writing, I think, had more. Uh, those are shorter novels and maybe, I don't know, but. So I'm kind of curious to see where he goes. And I, maybe that's a good place for us to maybe wrap up our thoughts or where do you think he goes from here? Do you think, because I saw some reviews saying this is sort of like the Avengers Endgame for him. Oh, really? Yeah, sort of like this is going to be, but I, I don't no. think that this is the end to this I don't, world. I mean, I imagine he's going to wrap it into whatever he does. As long as he writes, you know. Because if you'd asked me what comes after the bone clocks, I wouldn't have said a, a band, a hippie band in the sixties. Yeah, I think. It's, yeah, it, so, uh, this doesn't just, really follow up the bone clocks in any real. I think that's part of the reason why I kind of got um, some bad reviews. Is it, it's very different in a lot of different ways than the previous novel. Yeah. Um, yeah. So but, yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's it's kind of hard to predict where um, where he goes from here. Yeah, who knows? But I bet I, I don't. I see it as an end end point or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. As long as he keeps, I think he's like about fifty or so. Yeah, as long as he keeps writing, so work this stuff into his work. I was going to ask you: Do you think this lends itself to a movie, a TV show? Think they could pull it off? Kind of, yeah. 
Um, yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I would say it's more of a, I'd say more of a movie. I think mm. there's not like, there's a lot of scenes, I guess. Um, apparently, I didn't know this, but David Mitchell started doing screenwriting recently. Did you know Oh, this? really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Like someone referenced that in a, a review I was reading. And I was like, oh, I didn't even. And they sort of said like the screenwriting aspect of him is like showcased more in this book um, oh. where he, there's huh. kind of like set pieces. Is that a good way of describing it? Like where a, like a sure. big yeah. or um You know, yeah, actually thinking about it. Because each there, there's the chapter where it's the wedding. Yeah. There's, chap, there's two, three San Francisco chapters. It would lend itself to. Yeah. So I, I think, um, yeah, I, you know, I don't even know if you really need to highlight, like have like the selling point be all these real famous people that they meet. Because I think there's enough story and character development on the, the main people in the band yeah. where they could carry it. I don't know. Do you agree yeah, with that? I think they could. Yeah, I, I think it would be, I think it'd be a good movie or just like, uh, you know how the British do TV? Yeah. It's just like it. five or six episodes and it's over. They don't yeah. try to milk it. If they did like a little, just here's six episodes, mm -hmm. an hour long or something, I think it'd be good. Yeah. I almost feel like this whole world though he creates, and this just popped in my head of like uh, these souls and all this stuff. It, tell me if this sounds crazy, but like an animated series where like Marinus and all these people are like, like you almost combine all the books together. If they, that's a huge project. I know. If they wanted to, I would watch it, but I don't know. I'm just saying. Because yeah. his mind, there's a lot of like futuristic stuff in, in these books. Um, so it's sort of like hard to like envision like realistically. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like if it was drawn or like uh, some sort of, maybe a com combination of both. I don't know. I just, um, I wouldn't even, I'm surprised they made uh, cloud Atlas. Cause that's very difficult. Yeah, uh, like, I mean, they didn't make it like the book cause the book is, they made it pretty similar. Um, yeah. but I would say this would be out of his books. One of the, there's probably a couple more that are harder to do than this one, but I, I would say black swan green probably would be fairly easy. Um, yeah, that's the most straightforward that's one. That's probably still the most straightforward one. This, for the most part, is pretty straightforward, except for, like we mentioned, the Jasper Dazoot stuff. Yeah, that would be interesting how they handled that. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I, I think it'd be... Yeah. I'd watch it. I think it'd be a good... I think series. if you have the Jasper stuff, you need to flush... You need to have more of that backstory occurring throughout the book. If that makes sense? Yeah. Because it's yeah, sort of like I a... Think you're right. It's sort of like a reveal near the uh, last part of Jasper's book. But I think for like an uninitiated uh, watcher or reader, like having more of that spring up or like as um, giving more hints of what's occurring with him um, and, and sort of like telling the person or the listener or the reader that there's a, that this is part of a bigger story, I guess, in, in this um, yeah. So yeah. check out his other books. So I did have, um, a quote cause I think a lot of times David Mitchell gets it, 
the, the conversation gets bogged down in like these big arches and stories and like, you know, does it work? Does it not work? But he's still like a really fun writer. He's an enjoyable yeah. writer. He's easy to read. Descriptions are really good. Mm-hmm. And I have this one part. At one part, uh, Dean is talking to Frank Zappa. Um, and Frank Zappa goes, uh, it's kind of near the end of the book, but I, this actually almost made me chuckle. Um, Frank goes to Dean, he goes, if you ever think I found paradise, you're not in possession of the facts. Don't be dazzled by peacocks either. They're vain, ornery sons of bitches who shit like it's going out of style. And I was like, that's, it's just like a fun, like that's really good language. And that's just, I don't know. That's David Mitchell when he's like having a good time with the characters and, and just sort of, it's entertaining, Uh, which I think this book is for most of it. And it's, I don't think there's any point where it's not entertaining, but yeah, it doesn't drag. It's a David Mitchell book. Yeah. Despite all the, the hesitations people might have or anything. It was entertaining read and I'd recommend it. Is I it have like, two quotes that I okay. like, just like brief little excerpt like you were talking about. Yeah. The, uh, the evening sky has the drama and colors of an exploding battleship. That's pretty good. That's really pretty good. good. And then uh, what? I liked one of the characters mentions Judas uh, from the Bible. And it's like our heavenly father's most sadistically deployed patsy. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's uh, I think that's a kid thing to like, not forget when you're reading uh, David Mitchell is like, it's, it's fun. There's he's, he's entertaining. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's a key thing. And, and he's definitely, I don't know, maybe not doing the, the big, you know, stuff he did in cloud atlas where like the plots are hundreds of years and all that kind of stuff uh but i think you do both well so um i don't think i'd recommend this as an entry point like we said but it's definitely it's not my favorite david mitchell either but it's uh it's really good uh Mm -hmm. really good book on its own so yeah would you agree i would i would i'm gonna give it five stars I so gave, I gave it, it four. I gave it five, and I took it off for four because I, I'm, I don't know. I just, I don't know if like the whole Jasper thing works one hundred percent. I enjoyed it, but then I'm like, is this fan service? Is this? I don't know. It just. Okay. I, w- I wish it was a little bit more seamless into the to the book. I don't know, mm-hmm. or if it was, I don't know. I don't know how else it could have been done, but it was just a little like. I finished it and I was like, oh, I love this book. And I, yeah. I still feel I went, but I don't know. I had this nagging thing of like, did this work really? Mm-hmm. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ending, which we won't really give away, was kind of not strange, but like, huh, okay. <laughs> it's kind of random. Yeah. But I was thinking about it afterwards. I think it kind of works. Yeah. It's a little random, but I actually didn't really have it's, that. But yeah. The Jasper stuff didn't bother me too much, but. Yeah, I like it. I'll give it five. Five stars. Yeah. Matt, five stars. Me, Peter, yeah. four stars. Four and a half. I, I wish Goodreads would give you the option of half. I don't know why they don't do that. Well, what we should do is make our own system. We'll not limit it to five stars. We'll have a 
what what should Very. that system what should that system be uh, i've always thought like out of a hundred i've always liked a hundred i don't know why like yeah it gives you a lot more it gives you a lot more like yeah percentage i don't know i'll have to work on it because it's hard uh, to give something a hundred out of a hundred you know which is like yeah. oh, either 80 or a hundred i was thinking i would give this book an 84 out of a hundred really Still very well, positive. An example of a hundred book what would or a 90 what's 95 and above i don't know <laughs> you, you got me on the spot i don't really know yeah it's hard for me to go 100 it's perfect yeah but anything over 80 is like recommended you know really good parts of it i loved which i think is how i would feel about this book what would be think of a scale i'll work my own system out well yeah i think we should have our own scale where we not get not get limited to just five options yeah yeah Something that allows for nuance and half points and uh, yes. oh, it's going to be real complicated, but that's what I'll work on yeah. in the next few days. Or also, like, you take different aspects of the novel. So, like, writing versus plot versus I don't yeah. know, different things. You could rate each one. That seems like a lot of, a lot of work. <laughs> I'll work on it. I got nothing to do. I'll work on my, my rating system. Yep. It'll be, it'll wind up being the best rating system there is. And we'll for, copyright it, right? For books. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be good. So if, if you've read this book or you're interested in reading this book or you've read David Mitchell and you have questions for us, uh, email us at willbebooks at gmail.com. We also have a Instagram account. There will be books. Um, where we post pictures of books we're reading um, and with our dogs and cats, which is fun. Yeah, a lot of animal pictures. A lot of animal no pictures. politics, no, no horse crap. Just animal pictures and books. Yeah, that's pretty much what I, yeah, it's a good, yeah. good part of my life. Uh, <laughs> we also created a Goodreads account, which we're just starting up right now, um, which we'll kind of hash out how how we'll do that but that you can also find us on goodreads um, goodreads there will be books there will be books on goodreads um we'll we'll do another episode um in a couple of days this weekend and on that episode we'll talk about kind of like developing a what we'll read as a duo for august matt will have three nominations i will have three nominations we will debate, we'll riff, we'll bullshit yeah. our way. Figure out, we'll yeah. figure out our August book. And when and that episode a, drops. Wh- what'd you, you say? Guys, huh? What'd you say? <laughs> I said we'll figure out our book for August. Yep. There will be books, book club selection for August. Uh, and once cool. that episode, when that episode drops on Tuesday, you guys will be able to read easy because you'll know what the book is. Yep. Yeah. Then a lot of tension in the community. A lot of tension in the community. We'll hash it out. We'll hash it out. Don't worry. Also, if you want to get in contact with us and give us a, a, a nomination yourself, we're open yeah. to that. We might ignore it. Just kidding. We won't. Um, <laughs> but yeah, get in contact with us and we'll be back uh, later this week to discuss um, 
our future TBR. Anyway, this is Peter uh, for Matt. Thanks for listening. Mm.